scriptures this morning uh, as we continue the series, That Kingdom Thing. And today we're going to be discussing the subject of Holy Spirit. Who is Holy Spirit? And the reason for this series is this. We have a, a lot of people who watch online and then those who are coming to this house, some are newer in this house, they don't know what some of the lingo is. The church has its own language. We've talked about that. The ch- the, I'm sorry, and I apologize again, I'm twitching really bad. This, if you don't know this about me, I, every now and then if I use that arm, it, 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 I've got a pinched nerve and it affects it and, and uh, so it makes things happen. But it's okay, I'm not having a seizure or anything. I just want you to be comforted this morning. Um, it looks very similar, but it's not one. But uh, so I'm, I'm, the reason we do this is because I want people, because the church has its own language, I don't want people coming in trying to figure out what in the world are you talking about? And I want to help people to understand what is it when I hear these terms, what is it that you're saying? In fact, one of the things that I would like to do is stop using terms that are so identifiable only in the church and begin to use terms that would be, that would be understood in both places, both in the church and out of the church. So today I'm going to be talking about Holy Spirit and as I do that, what I want to do is I want to remove the mystery. You know, just recently, not too long ago, maybe a month or so ago, I was talking to someone who, is, who have not been here very long. They have not been at the Rock for long and I was speaking to them and they were talking to me about Holy Spirit and that they had not been familiar with that part of God. And I had a great conversation with this person. And as we talked about Holy Spirit, it, you know, it, it again, became, I became aware there are so many things that we say and we talk about that people come in and they kind of tilt their head side to side trying to figure out, man, I, it, this is probably good. I just wish I knew what in the world it was he's talking about. This is really interesting, but I'm clueless. I want to remove that factor. I want to remove that issue among people. And Holy Spirit, for so many, even in the church world, both in the church and out of the church, I don't know that it's better in one than in another. But Holy Spirit is such a mystery. Because you can go to just about any church, and if it's a Pentecostal church, you know, you're going to see different parts of Holy Spirit that manifest in more obvious ways than if you were, if someone who came out of, say, a Baptist church or maybe a Catholic church or some other kind of church, assembly, uh, there's going to be a different dominant... What do, what do I want to use, the word? The Holy Spirit's going to show up differently in different places. So it could really be, it could really twist the mind to try to figure out who is this person or what, who or what, is Holy Spirit, because most people coming in for the first time, they don't know if it's a who or a what. They have no idea what you're talking about. It's almost spooky. Holy what? Especially, and then you get into Pentecostal churches that really say, call it the Holy Ghost, you know. My background is, that's what we, it was the Holy Ghost. You, what, you, you worship a ghost? Y'all, y'all, you're not afraid of ghosts? Not, not this ghost. And then you got to explain that. We love this ghost. This is a good ghost. So Holy Spirit is such a mystery, and I really want to help uh, clear that up today. But I want to help you see how confusing Holy Spirit is in the world today, just based on, again, something that I heard the other night, and you probably did. I didn't hear it. I saw it. 
because I don't watch this particular person, and, but you will know who, I'm about, who I am about to refer to, and his name is Bill Mayer. And he is a commentator, comedian. You guys know who I'm talking about? And uh, some of you do. But he's also an atheist, and he's a professed atheist. He's proud to be an atheist. He doesn't believe in God. He lets everybody know, I do not believe in God, which is not true. Everybody believes in a God, just some of them believe in an, 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 an animate God. We believe in a living God. And other, if you don't believe in the living God, you're believing in some God. It's either your money, it's either your job, it's your family, it's your, but you've made something God in your life because we all have to look back to a source of strength in us. And so if it's not the living God, there is a God. So he does serve a God, just not the living God. But he made a comment, and it was about this Supreme Court nominee that uh, has been nominated or, or uh, selected by Donald Trump. And he made this comment, and I thought when I read what he said... I thought, you know, that is just so, so much confirms why I'm doing this series, that kingdom thing right now. And the comment, I'm not going to read exactly as he said it, because some of you probably saw it. But he said, this woman, and he said her name, this woman who is Catholic and speaks in tongues is obviously an effing idiot. And that's what he said on his program that is on HBO. I don't have HBO. I didn't hear him say that. I, don't, I wouldn't watch like that. But I saw that. And I'm thinking to myself, this man believes that anybody who speaks in tongues or is spirit-filled or goes to church or believes in God is an idiot. And when you begin to assume that, that is an easy assumption to make when the only relationship or the only experience you have with people who are quote-unquote spirit-filled is one of silliness or kookiness or weirdness. Um, I, I told you about the time when I got saved in 1985, and it freaked me out because when I went down to the front of the church and the man was laying hands, the evangelist that uh, was speaking to people and praying with them, and I didn't understand all he was doing, but he was laying hands on people and as he would lay hands on this one and then that one and then this one it was a big church and I'm on this side and he started down there thankfully and he's laying hands on them while they're falling out wow in my world he's killing them this is authorized murder pow 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 and they're falling out and they're getting closer to me like dominoes people are falling on their backs and just laying there and then some of them are uttering things that, who knows what that is. And they're uttering things at that time, who knows. And, and he got about three people away from me, laid hands on one more person. They went out and I thought, not today. <laughs> and I turned around, I ran out of that building, got in my car, and then fortunately the youth pastor came out and said, is everything okay? It's okay with me. <laughs> But it's really going not, it's not going so well for those folks that were in that line down there. And, um, but I'm glad that he was able to help me understand they're still alive. And that's just an experience they had with a father. It took a long time for me to really wrap my mind around some of that stuff. But I'm glad I was the kind of person that could go into this particular 
place and could come into faith, could come into receiving Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, and was willing to begin to walk this out and try to understand what I didn't. And I think the fortunate thing for me was that I was around people who did not try to force me to understand what I could not. No one, with the, well, with few exceptions, no one ever came to me with a big Bible and beat it over my head and said, this is, you're going to believe this. This is what it's going to be, few exceptions, but most people gave me room to grow. They gave me room to figure it out, you know, and because I saw a lot more people fall over or fall out or go slain in the spirit in my lifetime. I've done that years later, some time later, someone laid hands on me and next thing, they didn't even touch me. In fact, I was walking to the front and they got close to me and next thing I know, I'm laying on the ground. That hasn't happened in a long time. But that day, that's how God got my attention. With the things that were going on in my life, He got my attention that particular morning. And I found my, or that particular, it was an evening, that particular evening, and I'm laying on the ground, and I'm looking up, and all I'm thinking about is the Father. And I'm blown away that this thing that some time ago, I thought people were dying today, has impacted me. It's now changing me. And for me, it was growth. I want to talk about these things today. So when you get people like Bill Mayer that, that are saying this, it's really an indication. It's so, uh, such a profound evidence of what is going on outside of the walls of most churches today. People are coming in and they're thinking. They don't want to stay. A lot of people don't want to stay because they're hearing these things, they're seeing these things, and they want to do exactly what I did, and that is turn around and run and get in their car and say, what in the world was that? And then they're going to go to their job and they're going to say, I went to this particular church and this happened. What? 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 Yeah! No! It did! And this whole conversation goes on over the water cooler. And then they're saying, don't ever go there. My, my aunt goes there. I'm going to call her right now. Get out of there! And all of these things happen because they're seeing these things. So I want to talk today about Holy Spirit. We have talked about what it means to be saved, to be born again. We've talked about what it means to be joined, to be jointed. We talked last week, if you watched the live stream last week, was about uh, the assembly, about coming together. Why do we meet? Why do we come together? Is it important that we do that? And of course it is. And because we learn things like this. There's something about being in the atmosphere of other people learning that goes so much deeper than simply being able to watch on the other side of a lens. I'm thankful for the people all around the world that are live streaming this morning. But I can tell you that there is something present in the building that is not palpable in that place where they might be today. They can see it, they can hear it, they can witness it. But there is something about being joined to one another and being this close to someone else who is making the same draw at the same time. Amen? So let's answer a few questions this morning. It's, and there's a lot of scripture that I want to read and just help. And really every single scripture... In fact, none of them need further explanation. I probably will do that because that's typically what I do. But none of them really need further explanation. So I want to answer some questions. And the first is, or, or, or make some, uh, answer some thoughts on some statements. And the first is, who or what is Holy Spirit? Say this with me. Who or what is Holy Spirit? And I'm going to say this. I'm going to make this statement that really will summarize everything else that we're going to talk about today, and that is Holy Spirit is the interpreter of all things related to God. He is the interpreter. He is the one that says, 
Archie, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. This is why you feel how you feel because the Father wants to do this in you. He is the interpreter. Everybody say interpreter. He is the one that helps me understand everything that is related to God. So turn with me in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. Let's read a few scriptures here. And it says this, 1 John 4, 13 in the ESV. says, By this we know that we abide in Him and He abides in us. Because we know, because he has given us of his spirit. It is by this that we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Let me say this, in the the particular denomination that I was saved in, it's irrelevant which one that is or was, that I was a part of at that time, But in that particular denomination, they held a belief within them that no one, that you were not really saved unless you spoke in tongues. Because you, tongues is the evidence that Holy Spirit lives in you. So their belief was that. So for a long time, I did not speak in tongues. And because of that, I felt like I was coming up short. Somehow, I didn't have as much of God or did I even have any of God in me or any of Christ in me because I do not speak in tongues. And with everything in me, I tried and I wanted to. I mean, I would let them lay hold of me and try to work it up in me. Because, and you've been there. Some of you that have been around as long as I have, you, you remember those days. And they would shake your arms and say, it's, He's coming! He's coming! I mean, and it's like a hurricane. You're just waiting for the storm to approach. There he is. There he goes. Here it is. And it was awkward. And and it just wasn't working for me. And all the things that they did, and they would pray, and, and, and they would pray, and they would keep praying. They're sweating. They're crying. They're screaming. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. And they're still trying to pray. For, by this time, I've lost all confidence that they're going to, they're not trying to cast anything out of me. They're trying to cast something into me. And, it, and I was really struggling with all of that. And then the day came that a speaker came. In fact, it was, um, it doesn't matter who it was. And a speaker came, and the same experience happened to me that I told you about being slain in the Spirit. And a, the speaker came, and he was preaching, and he said, you know, and this is years later. And he said, there's some of you in this audience today um, that you've desired to be filled with the Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. And, and, and he was so plane. It was almost like, man, where's the, this guy's not even anointed. He's just talking. He's not loud. He's not trying to work me up into an emotional response. And he just said, and there's some of you, you just want to pray in the spirit. And I just want you to come. I was like, you can't be any worse than the last 48 people that prayed for me. And I got out of my seat and I was sitting in the back of that church and I got out of my seat and I walked down the front and I got just close to the front and Suddenly, it was like I got hit in the face, like something filled me and I couldn't stop it. And I started speaking at the time. It wasn't a language. It was syllables, just a couple little syllables over and over again. But I couldn't stop it. And I was fascinated by it. And I was so excited. I'm jumping around, screaming, carrying on like a Steve Parker does and, and just having a blast and just, just celebrating that, man, this that I have searched for for so long. And then that those syllables begin to turn into a language. And you've heard me praying 
this, I pray in the Spirit every day, but you've heard me pray in the Spirit up here, and, and it's a language, and it's never the same, and it's just grown. And, but this is the thing that is um, uh, uh, awkward about this is that this particular denomination taught that you were not saved unless you prayed in the Spirit. And it's not true. It's not true that you're not saved if you don't pray in tongues. But it is true you're not saved if you're not filled with the Spirit. Let me help you understand this. Let me read these next couple verses. We're going to come back to this, okay? Let's read all three of these together. 1 John 4, 13. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us. We know that he abides in, we abide in Him and that He abides in us because... He has given us of His Spirit. We abide in Him because His Spirit's in me. Romans 8, 16, ESV. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Without being filled with the Spirit, I don't even know that I'm a child of God. If there's no presence of Holy Spirit, I cannot have that knowledge that I am now a son or for those of the female persuasion you are a or gender you are because it's you don't have to be persuaded that's how it happened female you're a daughter because his spirit is in you and then Romans 8 verse 9 backing up a little bit says you however are not in the flesh but in the spirit if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Christ. It is not possible to be a believer and not be filled with the Spirit. And I taught for a long time, many years. In fact, when we started the Rock of Central Florida 21 years ago, when we started this church, I believed you could not be saved if you did not pray in tongues. You remember that, Christine? It's good to see you today. Is it still Christina? First time here in how many years? Ten years? Been a long time. It's good to see you today. Glad you were able to get here. Welcome home. So when I think about what damage that even I might have done, I'm telling you people, you folks watching online today and the people that are in this house today, if somehow I harmed you and made you believe that you were not saved because you didn't pray in tongues, I repent to you. Because that had nothing to do with God. That had to do with me doing what I was telling everybody not to do a while ago. And that was basing what I was preaching on generations before me. They did not have full understanding, but they only walked in what they did understand. I appreciate them for that. But everything about the kingdom is about growing. Every week I should know more this week than I did the week before. Amen? So who or what is Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is that part of God that causes us to understand who God is. He causes us to understand and to know that I am in God and God is in me. It is Holy Spirit that makes me aware that I am a son or I am a daughter. I'm no longer an orphan, an outcast, a vagabond. I'm no longer uh, measured by the color of my skin. I'm no longer measured by the height that I walk in. I'm no longer measured by the clothes that I wear. I'm measured by, does he live in me? Have I accepted Christ? Have I received Christ? And I cannot receive Christ without receiving his spirit as well. Because Holy Spirit is that third part of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. You don't get one without the other. 
You can't say, I have God, but don't have Jesus. I have Jesus, but don't have God. I have Jesus, but don't have the Holy Ghost. Can't do it. If I got God, I got Christ. If I've got Christ, I've got the Holy Ghost. If I've got the Holy Ghost, go backwards. If I've got the Holy Ghost, I've got Christ. If I've got Christ, I've got God. Somebody say amen. You cannot have one without the other, but each of them have a distinct personality within them. God is the Father. He is the one that creates, and Christ is the one who saves. He redeems us. He causes us to be in right relationship with His Father, with our Father, and then Holy Spirit is that one that says, now let me explain to you what this relationship looks like, and let me help you understand when the relationship isn't right and when it is. I want to help walk you through this so that you can grow up in Him. So who or what is Holy Spirit? He is the interpreter of all things God. He is the interpreter of all things God. Now let's talk about the work of Holy Spirit. What does Holy Spirit do? Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 16, and we're going to read verse 13 in the ESV. When the Spirit of truth comes, I love this. I love this. I love this. Remember, when Christ went away, in fact, this is what all this is about, but when Christ ascended into the heavens and he said, listen, why are you gazing up into the heavens? He said, stop gazing up into the heavens. You've got a job to do. And I'm sending Holy Spirit. I'm going away, but I'm sending a comforter. I'm sending Holy Spirit. I'm sending a helper that's going to come and he's going to teach you. He's going to train you. He's going to help you know how you can grow and how you can be a perfect heir. Not an heir with faults or wrinkles or blemishes but a bride that's white and pure and cleansed Mm. Steve don't sidetrack I could go a long ways on that so John 16 13 when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all everybody say all 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 the truth all the truth Miss Judy when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all of the truth all of it, and he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears the Father say, that's what he's going to say. Whatever he hears God say, Yahweh say, that's what he will say, and then he's going to declare to you what's coming. He's going to get you ready for what's ahead. He's going to get you prepared for what you don't even know is on the other side of the door. He's going to begin to do a work in you. Holy Spirit is going to begin to work in you. He's going to begin to grow you, nurture you, heal you, clear up confusion. And Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Why do I want to be filled with the Spirit? Well, because I want Christ. I want to be filled with the Spirit because I want Christ and I want to know, I want to know in my own heart the presence of Christ. When someone says, you know, I'm not sure if I'm saved or not, you cannot not know. You cannot, you cannot. Was that right? It didn't make sense to me. Holy Spirit makes sense. You cannot not know. I should have named it that. You cannot not know. Whether or not you're saved. If, if, if you're saved and Holy Spirit is in you, if, if you have Holy Spirit, you know. Something's there. Some, some, something is there. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Isn't it interesting how they join those th- two things together? Of course, this is an incredible chapter, the whole chapter. 
If we were going to read the whole thing, we're not going to do that right now. But it's an incredible chapter that puts these things together and, and, and parallels them. And it's, it's incredible. It's like, listen, why would you lean on something that causes you to find your comfort? Because people go to that to escape reality. Why would you escape reality so you could feel better when you can receive Holy Spirit, still be in reality and feel better and change your reality? Strong drink doesn't change your reality. It changes your moment. And then you're going to wake up in exactly the same condition. But Holy Spirit comes and He renews that reality. He uses you to make a difference in it. And then Galatians 5.16, He said, But I say this. He says, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is the work of Holy Spirit. If I will allow Holy Spirit to work in me, and I really pay attention, and I really submit myself. And I can tell you in this room right now, there's nobody in this room that has a relationship with Jesus Christ, not, not one, not even a single person, that does not have at your disposal the ability to make every single decision correct. What gets us in trouble, and the reason we make wrong decisions, is because we deny the right one that Holy Spirit's trying to get us to make. Because we might not have the faith we don't use the faith in such a way that has been given to us to believe that whatever Holy Spirit just instructed me to do is going to have a good end. Did you hear me? Does that make sense? So he says, but I say if you'll do this, if you will walk by the Spirit, if you will walk by the Spirit, not freaky, not weird. So this is to people, when I say Spirit, I'm talking about that part of God that is the teacher. I could, in fact, it's, that term is interrelated. I can use it both ways. He is the teacher that teaches us about the Father. So if I will walk and allow the teacher to teach me, I will not satisfy the lusts or the desires of the flesh. In other words, I will satisfy those desires that honor the Father, and out of that, my flesh will be satisfied. Because if I put the Father first, he's going to, He wants to give me the desires of my heart. But what we don't understand without Holy Spirit is we don't really understand what our desires are. See, when He into you and me, He desires that would honor Him and that would give you and me life. And for you and I to really access that life that He wants for us, if for us to get to that place, we can only do that by Holy Spirit because without Holy Spirit, what we desire isn't what the Father desires. But with Holy Spirit, we begin to desire what the Father desires. And that becomes our priority. Walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So if you're listening to me today, if you are listening, I think some of you are, and if you're listening and you're watching online and you're listening today, I want to tell you, you want to know how to stop doing some of the things you keep asking yourself every day. I wish I could just stop doing it. Paul did it. Man, when I want to go right, I go left. When I want to go up, I go down. When I want to say talk loud, I talk soft. Paul did that same, I'm paraphrasing, but he had that same issue. And we all do. And if you want to get to the place where you're not... You're just, oh, I wish this wouldn't happen. I wish that wouldn't happen. If you will stop before you do whatever you're going to do, just stop for a moment and say, Holy Spirit, teacher of God, what's the right step? Every time, he's going to tell you the right step. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, you will receive power when Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and in all Samaria, and even to the end of the earth. You'll receive power when Holy Spirit has come upon you. You know what? That has been so misinterpreted in so many ways in the church world today because this whole witnessing thing and this whole 
idea that we, we go out to be a witness, we go out to be a testimony, and you, we, we have bought the lie that the best way to do that is by putting tracks on a urinal and someone's trying to go to the bathroom and they see this thing that's all, it's, it, and it's co- contaminated. Nobody even wants to open the thing. And, but it's laying on top of the urinal or on the back of the toilet seat. The last thing I want to touch is what somebody, 20 other people have touched in a bathroom. And I don't even open the door without using a tissue to open the door. So, in a public bathroom, not my own, in my house, I'm safe. So, you've got all this going on, but the true witness is not about what I put in people's hands. And it it isn't even about what I'm saying to them when I'm sitting over a cup of coffee. They're witnessing more in how you're living your life and the decisions that you're making every single day than they're ever going to witness when you're sitting across that table from them or standing at that water cooler with them or sitting on that assembly line with them or wherever it is you might be. Are you hearing me today? He says, you'll receive power when Holy Spirit has come upon you. What is the work of Holy Spirit? One of those things is to empower you to be a demonstration, to be a witness. Not a witness that goes down the beach with your arms linked and whoever I touch, we're going to pray and lead them to Jesus. I've done that too. I'm so sorry that I did it. Humiliated me, God, Jesus, and everybody else that had anything to do with the heavenlies. But what I do know is today, people in Lake County that know my wife or know me, that know us, our testimony and our witness is sure and it's sound. And it's not because we're great people or perfect people. It's because we live what we believe. We live what we say. And our witness has changed people's lives. Because we are empowered by Holy Spirit. We have allowed Him to do His work in us and to work His power in us. So the work of Holy Spirit. Then I want to talk about these things. These are the things that you hear frequently. In fact, I had somebody say to me one time. It was a pastor. It was a preacher of a church. I was at a conference with a group of men. And one of the men said to another man, he didn't say it to me, he actually said it to another man that was at the meeting and they were talking about uh, Holy Spirit and, and just the things that people do in the church. And this one minister said to the other minister, which was silly, but he said to him, he says, do you even know? Very condescending. But he said, do you even know what the gifts of the Spirit are? Because whatever the conversation was, it's always fascinating when you get any more than five or six preachers together at a table. Do you even know what the gifts of the Spirit are? And the other guy said, well, I, generally, I know what they are. I, don't, I, I, don't, I can't tell you right offhand what book of the Bible. Or no, because then he said, what book of the Bible are they in? He said, I, I, don't, I don't know what book of the Bible they're in. And he just kept attacking this poor guy. And because he didn't know where the Scripture was about the gifts of the Spirit. So I just offered a different perspective. And I said, so in your world, the gifts are these nine things that you will only find in this particular chapter of the Bible. But I would contend that there are more than these. That these are just a sampling of all the gifts of Holy Spirit. In the same way that it's not possible to put everything in the Bible, that all the miracles that Jesus did, we know that from John what? That's right. In the same way, ha, yes, exam day. In the same way that it's not possible to put all the miracles that Jesus did within cover to cover, 
Neither is it possible to say, these are the gifts of the Spirit. Everything else is of something else. It's not true. This is something simply saying, you know what? This is a good place to start. And everything else you do will probably lead back to these. These are the root. But there are many branches. So let's read. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 7, it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, for everybody. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And yet, let me just take verse 9. To another, faith. And yet, we know in Scripture also that the Father gives an equal measure of faith to every single person. So we know that this verse, taken at face value, only covers a portion of the whole truth. It's all truth, but it covers a portion of the full truth. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, discernment. To another, various kinds of tongues, or speaking in tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who gives or apportions to each one however He wills. However He wills. But it's not all in all. In other words, pay attention. Holy Spirit is aware of what He needs you to do at any given moment. And if He needs you to give somebody a bag of groceries at this particular moment, can I tell you this this morning? Listen to me today. Learn from this today. If Holy Spirit says right now, I want you to give that person a bag of groceries, I want to tell you that bag of groceries is more important to that person than whatever discernment you might have. Or whatever prophetic words you might come with. But you only know to give them that bag of groceries because Holy Spirit said, See that person? Are you hearing me today? And yet even that goes back to one of these. There's a root. That's a branch. But these are the root. Can you hear me today? So Holy Spirit, He enables us. He equips us. In other words, what He's saying in 1 Corinthians, what Paul's saying is, Listen, I just want you to be aware of something. I want you to be aware that Holy Spirit has come to you and He has prepared you so that you are never going to be surprised. No matter where you might find yourself, if you need discernment, you need wisdom, you need healing, when you don't know how to pray, I'm going to let you pray in tongues. When you do know how to pray, pray in your understanding. When someone needs healing, when someone's sick in their body, I want to tell you at that moment, I'm going to anoint you and I want you to lay hands on them and I want you to say, I'm coming into agreement with you that God's going to heal your body right now. But what good is healing to a man that doesn't need healed? Does anybody hear me? So when we hear the gifts of the Spirit, gifts of Holy Spirit, and when you come into a building or you're watching today for the first time and you hear someone talk about the gifts of the Spirit, I want to tell you it's, it's that part of Holy Spirit that really helps us to live in such a way that we can demonstrate God under every single circumstance. Wherever a need arises, we can give God glory by being a visible demonstration in releasing out of us whatever He has put in us for that moment. Amen? Amen. So, the fruits of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 22 through 25, it says this. The fruit of the Spirit, or fruits of the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there's no law. There's no law. You're, in other words, all of these things are acceptable. doesn't matter what country you're in. doesn't matter where you're in. I'm just making it plain. said so all of these things, you're not going to go anywhere where they, they're going to tell you don't be nice. You're not going anywhere where they're going to say, we don't, we don't want your peace. We don't want your love. We don't want your kindness. No, you're not, going to, you're not going to do that. So against such, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And I'm going to say this, the same thing I said about the gifts of the Spirit. I want to say this. And these are not all-encompassing. The fruit of the Spirit is also the way I relate to my bride. The fruit of the Spirit is also evident in when I show up for work. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is whatever evidence that there is, that there's something working in me that's helping me become a better person. I come to work on time or get there early. I'm not trying to find a way to cheat and get out. I'm not trying, or whatever it is. With my neighbors, I'm being nice. They didn't cut their grass, and I wish they would have. I'm going to respond to that well. My kids did this, and what I want to say and what I'm going to say are not going to be the same. I'm going to let Holy Spirit do in me. I'm going to show some fruit. That on my tree, there's good fruit. I said to someone that I look to, revered, love, he's no longer living, but I said to him one time when we were going through this phase and just talking about tongues and what have you, because his reality was, and the way that he taught us at that time in our lives was, and what you need to do is you need to only pray in tongues. You never need to pray in your understanding. I never, for me, that just never resonated well in me because there were times that I knew what to pray for. There were times I knew exactly what to pray for. I didn't need Holy Spirit to pray for me because I don't believe that I'm ever praying without Holy Spirit in it. Sometimes we pray in tongues, but all the time that we pray... If we're believers, we pray in the Spirit. It's not the same thing. Let me help you understand that. So there are times you will hear some, Kaylee Hoffman did today on the microphone, I did on the microphone today. There are times that we will pray in tongues. When we're, for me, uh, when I'm doing that, it's because what's next, Holy Spirit? I don't have the understanding right now. So I'm going to pray until you tell me what, what's next. Are we done with this moment? Are we moving into another one? Is there still more left in this moment? What do you want? And so I will pray in the Spirit. But then there are times when I know exactly what to pray for. And I'm going to lift my voice and I'm going to pray. So I'll pray in tongues, and that's praying in the Spirit as well. But I'm always praying in the Spirit, even if I'm using English. Because Holy Spirit dwells in me. I can't just say, Holy Spirit, go have coffee. Because I'm going to go pray in my understanding. Whatever understanding I'm walking in, I'm walking in because Holy Spirit brought that to me. I don't want to vacate myself of Holy Spirit. But I'm going to allow Holy Spirit to be in me and I'm going to say, you know what, when I, need, if I know my wife needs ministry, 
I'm going to minister to my wife. If I know what to say to her, I'm going to say to my wife, I love you. I'm not going to walk up to my wife and start speaking in tongues. And then her say, what is that? You didn't get that? I just said I love you. (laughs) Can you just say it? I love you. Oh, yeah, that, that made so much more sense. Do you understand me? Are you with me today? So, Holy Spirit, these things, this part of Holy Spirit, I can tell you today, He's very much a part of who we are and all of these gifts, or all these fruits, but there's so much more. The tree is so big. The gifts, the fruits, they're so vast, and it's evident in the way that we live our lives. It's evident in the way that I respond to Sydney. Sydney responds to me. I respond to any of you. You respond to me. It's evident in the way we go about our day and our moments. And then I want to talk about the last part is Holy Spirit, our helper. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and verse 27 reads like this. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for. I just talked about this a moment ago. We do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You've got to love that. I can tell you, when I received Jesus Christ and He filled me with Holy Spirit, and there are... Let me not go there. Let me not go there. But when I received Jesus Christ and He filled me with Holy Spirit, when He did that, He did that because He believed that I would have confidence in what He imparted to me. And every day, right now, can I tell you in this room, if you're in this room, if you're watching online today, and there's people in both places, if you're hearing anything that I have to say today, I want you to know this about Holy Spirit. He's not weird. He's not ghostly. He's not odd. He's that part of God that is a teacher. Maybe Holy Spirit is a strange way to describe Him. I don't know. All I know is He's that part of the Father. I'm less interested in... He could call Himself Moby Dick for all I care. But He's that part of God that lets me get acquainted with God. I know Yahweh better because I am filled with Holy Spirit. I know how to relate to Jesus Christ. I know the cost that He paid for me and for you because I'm filled with Holy Spirit. And I know that I'm never going to go a moment without an answer if I will trust Holy Spirit. And I also know that Holy Spirit's not going to give me the answers. Always right when I want. But if I will trust Him, He will do what He does and He will work the answer in me. None of us need magic. We simply need patience. We simply need faith. We simply need to trust. We simply need to say, I believe and I receive that part of you, Father, called Holy Spirit. If you feel me, if the evidence that Holy Spirit is in me is speaking in tongues, so be it. If today the evidence is someone's going to watch me wrap my arm around my wife or open the door on my truck for my wife and they're going to see me do that and they're going to say, why don't I ever do that for my wife? 
I'm going to start doing that now. And they start doing that evidence of the Holy Ghost. It's evidence that He's working and He's coming out of us and then into someone else and beginning to change them and change their way. Evidence of Holy Spirit at your conference table, better known as your dinner table. Let there be evidence of Holy Spirit when you sit around your table. Honor Him. Honor Him with the words. Recognize Him. There are people, we were talking about it this morning before we came out. I talk about a lot what we talk about before we come out because we talk about a lot. And we talk about you in all the right ways. But there are people that are coming into this house, into this ministry, getting familiar with who we are. Do you know what I want them to be familiar with more than anything? I want them to know when they come in, if Holy Spirit is in them when they come in the door, if they're filled with the Spirit when they come in the door, they already have a relationship with Christ, I want them to recognize immediately the anointing of God in this place and the love that we have for the Father, to know Him, to grow in Him, to be changed by Him. If they come in and they don't know the Father, and they're looking and they're curious, I want them to come in and I want them to understand our language. I don't want to be speaking Greek to them. I don't want to be speaking Hebrew to them. I want to be speaking to them in such a way that they can understand, oh, that's what that means. I would like that too. Can I know that God? Can I know that God? That's what I want. There are people out there today, it would be easy if we're not careful. There are people out there, they're stuck in tradition. They're stuck in ways. They're stuck in places they've not been able to come out of. You're watching even now, and you're stuck in these places, and you're thinking, I can't get out of this, you know, and it's just, you're stuck. But you can. If you'll set aside right now, and you just move, and you just say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to tell me right now? I'm going to tell you, he's going to tell you right now what he wants you to know. You listen to Holy Spirit. You listen to the voice of God within you the same way you're listening to mine right now. Because I'm telling you, Kaylee sang it this morning. We are not waiting on him. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and I'm going to open up every door of understanding that you're searching for. Seek me, and I will show up in ways you could have never imagined. That's the God I serve. That's the faith I have. And in Him, there's a part called Holy Spirit that has changed my life. And if you are a believer today, He's changed yours too. So if the tool's in the cabinet... Stand with me if you would, please. Father, I lift my voice today over these men and these women, those present in this room, those watching online today, and I pray for every single man, every single woman here. To say that I believe that Holy Spirit is absolutely imperative in every life to allow Him to speak and to move and to change us would be an understatement. I could not do what I do without the power of the Holy Ghost. 
I could not relate to people and have confidence in people and trust people and have faith in people and believe in people and love people like I do without the Holy Ghost. In the natural, I have more reasons to dislike people. But by the Spirit, I have way more reasons to love and love and love again. To teach and teach and teach some more. Only Holy Spirit. So, Father, we receive today. Say this with me. Say, lift your hands in this place. Say, Father, I receive Holy Spirit. All of Him. All of you. I receive Holy Spirit to let me see, let me grow, and let me change so that you are glorified every moment of every day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together this morning. Someone asked, you you can be seated for a second, I'm going to dismiss you, but someone asked recently about why I do not every single service invite people to come and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. And my answer to them was simply this. I'm always willing. But I let Holy Spirit let me know. Because we can do things by the law and produce law. Or we can do things by the Spirit and watch Holy Spirit do what He does best. In the same way that we don't have communion with a cracker and juice every single Sunday or baptism on the last Sunday of every month because when you do that it's nothing more than law there's no life in it but when you do it because it's right because you're led by Holy Spirit not by a doctrinal statement someone's life's going to get changed and it's not going to get changed only until they get home and talk to friends they had before they got there it's going to get changed till they get home and they tell their friends I got to tell you about something if you've ever wondered if is God real he's real and I would say the same thing I said to Bill Mayer or said about him this morning I didn't say it to him I, I would maybe he's watching Bill I would say to you, I'm I'm telling you today, you're serving a God. You just have to make a decision which one you're going to serve. You're going to serve the one that's living and he's alive? Are you going to serve the God of doubt that isn't alive? The God of money that isn't breathing, he's not alive, not giving life to anything? the God of job, the God of sports, the God of whatever. Does anybody hear me today? If you're listening to me this morning, Holy Spirit, I am asking that you awaken in every single person in this congregation today. Awaken them. Awaken 
every man and every woman, young and old, new in the faith, old in the faith, awaken, awaken, awaken to your glory. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, stand, put your hands together.